0: Welcome to Better Animal Handling, Chapter 2, Episode 13. From Missouri, USA. I'm C.V. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog and hypercritical co host. Say hi, Abby. <coughs> Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's chapter is on species differences in aggressiveness and training methods. Our topics for this week are species differences in aggression and avoidance and training methods for animals. Dog's dominance posture is head up, tail up, front end is held high, rear end is slightly crouched, teeth may be bared, and stare is fixed. Submissive posture is front end lowered, Eyes do not make direct contact with the handler's eyes. Tail is between legs. Submissive urination or defecation may occur, and a dog may roll on its back to expose its abdomen. Some dogs are aggressive in the presence of their owner. Others, especially dogs strongly bonded to one person, may be more aggressive when away from their owner. Cats have uncanny speed over short distances. That can allow them to stalk prey and then move for a rapid kill before the prey can move. A common sign of irritability or anxiousness is flicking the end of the tail. Most cats will attempt to escape rather than fight with a the handler. They're escape artists so all exits from a handling room must be closed before handling cats. They can be highly aggressive if they feel endangered or trapped. With small mammals, most aggression and efforts to dominate are within a small mammal's own species and related to breeding behaviors. Companion birds seek higher perches to establish dominance. Handlers should not permit companion birds to sit on their head or shoulders, since this encourages dominance behavior toward the handler. All reptiles regularly shed their skin by a process called ectiasis. Snakes typically shed their skin in its entirety at one shedding, which can impair their sight and make them less tolerant to handling. Shedding begins as roughening of the skin while the belly turns a pink color. The skin around and over the eyes, called the spectacle scales, become opaque or blue colored. Rough surfaces need to be provided in their containment enclosure to facilitate shedding. Young snakes shed every two to three months. Adult snakes shed just a couple of times a year. Lizards indigenous to arid lands are more docile than iguanas which come from tropical forests. Horses kept in stalls and those maintained without direct interaction with other horses are the most likely to be aggressive. Stallions and horses that are handled in small confinements or with training methods that restrict natural movement are more likely to be aggressive. Mares with foals can be very protective even if they're docile in other situations. Snappy swishing of the tail to each side can be a sign of frustration and irritation. Dairy bulls are the most dangerous of all domestic animals. They're unpredictable and extremely strong. They will inflict injury by crushing, goring, pinning on the ground, and smashing the victim. Dairy bulls are typically hand-raised, using bottles, and they lose their flight zone and natural respect for humans. Beef bulls, although also dangerous, are more predictable and respectful of human space. Being raised with other bulls and cows, beef bulls concentrate more on establishing their dominance on cattle, not people. Dairy cows are usually handled frequently and become docile if handled well. Beef cows vary depending on the frequency and the quality of handling. Nursing cows are more likely to be aggressive whether they are beef breeds or dairy breeds. Abby says getting between a nursing cow and her calf is only for thrill-seekers with a death wish. Sheep defend themselves by tightly flocking together and moving as a unit. Rams may attempt to butt handlers and can be dangerous, particularly during breeding season. Dominance in goats depends on their age, gender, body size, and whether they have horns. And if they do, the size of their horns directly increases the goat's social status. If not socialized properly or deprived of social interactions, boars can become very aggressive. Nursing sows are always aggressive if they hear their pigs squeal. Young pigs should be pinned in small groups since they huddle, climb, and shove each other. Introducing one new pig or hog into an established group will often initiate life-threatening aggression by the dominant members of the group. A group of new pigs or hogs can be more safely introduced to another group. Chicken pullets, or turkey pullets, in extreme confinement have their beaks trimmed because of territorial aggression and the risk of feather picking and cannibalism. Turkeys and some chicken hens can become aggressive toward handlers who are timid in their body language when handling a flock. Training animals to be handled should be the major part of preparing young animals to become socialized with humans. The most effective means of training depends on the species and what is to be learned. Success at training is dependent upon the animal's genetics, observational learning from its mother, and the quality of handling it receives prior to puberty. The foundation for success at training animals involves the selection of a young animal that is an offspring of parents That have been willingly receptive to their own training. A mother that has been properly socialized to humans and is quietly handled in the offspring's presence. This is observational training of the offspring. And general repeated handling of the young animal during its critical socialization period. Either positive reinforcement, adding a reward such as food treats, or negative reinforcement which is removal of noxious stimuli, are used to instill trained behaviors. The timing of either reinforcement is critical, that is within three seconds of the behavior to be reinforced with a treat or discouraged with a reprimand. Late negative reinforcement simply becomes punishment, which can lead the animal to becoming aggressively defensive or developing a helpless attitude that inhibits further learning. Small predatory companion animals, dogs and cats, can be trained effectively with positive reinforcement. Their natural behavior is to investigate or hunt sources of food that can be rewarded by the food when the hunt is successful. Misbehavior within their social group is corrected by immediate warning, growl or hiss, followed if needed by a sharp, brief, vocal or physical reprimand by a more socially dominant member of the group. The reprimands should not be injurious, and proper timing is essential. Most effective handlers emulate this with food treats for desired behavior and sharp, brief reprimands, vocal or physical, such as a tug on a train collar when needed for inattention or misbehavior. Treats for positive reinforcements of dogs should be the size of a pea to a grape and be able to be eaten quickly. It should be a treat that the dog does not get at any other time. Food treats should be gradually supplemented with tactile and voice rewards, particularly if the dog is to become a working dog, guardian, or support companion. Negative reinforcement should never be harsh enough to lead to avoidance behaviors, such as the dog avoiding collars or being unwilling to engage the handler visually. Adversive behaviors are more commonly associated with shock collar training. Large prey animals, horses and cattle, can also be effectively trained to do tricks with positive reinforcement food treats. However, this method can teach them to be a nuisance and dangerous, since it can eliminate the animal's respect for human personal space that's needed for safer handling of large species. Food rewards are impractical for training horses for work or performance since carrying and providing treats is not possible when the work or performance is in progress. Herd animals are also rewarded by being left alone by a more dominant member of the herd. Work and performance horses are trained by providing a stimulus to elicit an action. The reward is an opportunity to rest. Behavioralists term this negative reinforcement carrying an erroneous connotation that punishment is involved. Trainers refer to this as pressure and release, a more descriptive phrase than negative reinforcement. For horses, the most desirable reward that is safe for a human to easily provide within three seconds is an opportunity for the horse to rest undisturbed. It should be remembered that excessive handling can be harmful by exhausting young animals physically and mentally, and may break down respect for the handler and his personal space. Advanced training of maturing or mature domestic animals involves shaping, breaking a task to be learned into small pieces, which are gradually refined. The refined small pieces of trained activity are then performed in sequence, a process referred to as chaining. Aversive training methods should be avoided, but sometimes what is aversive is conditional. For example, spurs are used to train horses for lateral movement, and choke or prong collars are used on dogs to regain a distracted dog's attention. Spurs, choke collars, and prong collars can be aversive, but they are not if used with the correct timing and with the minimum effort to elicit an intended response. Counter-conditioning is rewarding no response. Counter-conditioning is useful in training animals to accept something that they might otherwise be fearful of. Counter-conditioning is beneficial in training dogs and cats to accept veterinary hospitals, veterinary examinations, nail trims, blood collection, injections, and transport crates. Rewards are typically highly desired food treats such as chicken, or turkey baby food, peanut butter, brown swagger, or squeezed cheese. Abby says she deserves some counter conditioning cheese for not groaning at some of my jokes. Habituation and desensitization are similar training methods. Habituation is providing a steady stimulus that causes an undesired response until no response occurs. Desensitization is using a repeated stimulus with increasing intensity until no response occurs. Habituation and desensitization are often used to eliminate flight reactions to fearful stimuli in prey animals, particularly horses. Another technique is called flooding, which is used to habituate or desensitize an animal by rapidly presenting several stimuli until mental exhaustion and no response occurs. Flooding is used in cult starting contests to demonstrate rapid results for entertainment purposes. But flooding is a poor training technique with short-lived results. Good training is slower in shorter periods over weeks or months. Mm -hmm. Now let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Aggression and avoidance varies among different species of animals. Small animal training is best done with positive reinforcement. Horses and livestock respond best to negative reinforcement training. The timing reinforcements is critical for success in any type of training. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling is available in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press. It's also available on Amazon and from many other fine book supply sources. Additional information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll be back next week while I'll talk about health and behavior. Hey, Abby, have you ever thought about becoming an animal trainer? Oh, you ate all the positive reinforcement treats before you recruited a student. I should have guessed.